All right, would you take your bulletins, please? Scriptures found on the inside page, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 16. If you need a bulletin, put up your hand, the ushers will give you one. Everybody got one? Good. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 500th. 500th anniversary of uh, Martin Luther nailing 95 theses to the door of Wittenberg Chapel, October 31st, 1517. And uh, today I want to just talk about uh, source of authority or who's in charge. And that quickly became the that quickly became the point of contention. Um, Luther claimed uh, indulgences are not correct and they should not be preached and they should not be given. And uh, the question was, well, who are you to say so? The Pope says it's okay, so therefore it must be right. And the church councils say it's okay, so it must be right. And uh, how can you contend with that? And Luther's response was, well, the Bible doesn't say that it's okay, and uh, so he said, my source of authority is the Bible. He came to that eventually. It took him a while to get there, and we'll talk about that in a second, and uh, the Catholic Church's response was, well, heretics always refer to the Bible. Um, That's not really the source of authority, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Anyways, who's in charge, and what is the source of authority? If you go to the next screen, Lynn. In uh, the early 1400s, John Hus was a preacher in Prague, uh, Bohemia, or that's the Czech Republic today. He was at the University of Prague. He was the chaplain to the king and the queen, and uh, he began to preach that indulgences were not correct, and the Pope should not be the source of authority. The Bible should be the source of authority, and that the church is really about the people, And the Roman Catholic Church said, no, the church is really about the bishops and the pope. That's the church. It's not the people. And uh, he was preaching about these things, preaching that we need to go back to the Bible to find out what is true. So they held a church council. And at the time when they held this church council, the Council of Constance in Germany, from 1414 through 1418, for four years, there were actually two popes at the time. And uh, actually, at the Council of Pisa, just a few years before, 1411, there were two popes. So they had the council at the Council of Pisa to decide who's going to be pope. Uh, 
The Council of Pizza decided neither one of them is Pope. We have, we're going to elect a new Pope. So they elected a new Pope. The two other Popes wouldn't resign. So now how many Popes do you have? Now they had three Popes. <laughs> so in 1414, they decided to hold another council to find out who should be the Pope. And 1414 through 1418, by the way, each Pope says, I'm the Pope and I excommunicate the other two popes. And uh, so, so who's in charge? And so they had the Council of Constance. The Council of Constance decided that none of them were the pope, got rid of all three of them, and elected a new pope. At the same time, they said, John Hus, what he is teaching, that the Bible is the source of authority, is incorrect. And so they said, Hus, you need to come to the council. Hus didn't want to go. He knew that he was going to be killed. So they sent him a... Um, he, he had a freedom pass. Uh, if you come to the council, we guarantee we will let you go. He came to the council. They condemned him and his writings. As soon as they did that, the emperor said... I don't have to keep our word to him. He's a heretic. So they burned him at the stake, and they burned all of his writings. And uh, they burned him at the stake, and usually they burned you at the stake so that you could not be resurrected. That was their thinking. Kind of the ultimate, the ultimate disgrace we can give to you is we will burn you at the stake. Uh, after they burned him at the stake they realized that he got his ideas from Wycliffe. And he was at Oxford in England. He had died. And so they dug up Wycliffe's bones, and they burned his bones, and they, and they threw his burned bones into the river so that he could not be resurrected. Um, and as, as Hus was dying, his, his final day, Hus said... Um, you can burn this hus, and hus is also the Czech word for goose. You can burn this goose, but in a hundred years will come a swan. By the way, that's where we get the expression, his goose is cooked. <laughs> Seriously, that's where we get the expression. His goose is cooked. It comes from hus, which is actually goose in Czech. And uh, almost a hundred years to the day, Martin Luther shows up on the scene and he is saying the same things that Wycliffe said, the same things that Huss said, but this time things are going to be different. If you go to the next slide. There are five planks to the Reformation that Luther came up with and uh, these are accepted by all Protestant churches. And these are the Latin words. Sola fide, by faith alone you're saved. By faith alone. Not by, not by works, not by good deeds, not by your achievement, but by your faith. Sola fide. We'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. Sola gratia, by grace alone. It's the free merit and the gift of God that he gives to you. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it so that no one is going to go to heaven and say, I got here because of what I did. 
you will show up and you will say, I got here because of what God did by grace alone. Sola Scriptura means this is the final source of authority for faith. The final source of authority. It's not the only source of authority, right? We have teachers. We have preachers. We need aides to help us. But this is the final source of authority. Solus Christus means that only Jesus Christ, there's no other ground for my salvation other than what Jesus Christ has done and His merits. Now, by the way, the Roman Catholic Church disagrees with Solus Christus. They believe that the saints have merits. They have extra good deeds. That's how the Pope can give some to you. He can say, the Pope can, the Pope can say, you know something? Mary, the mother of Jesus, has some extra goodness. I'll give some to you if you give me some money. Right? That's what an indulgence is. An indulgence is taking from the good of others that the church has stored up and giving some to you. And Martin Luther came and said, wait just a second, we don't believe there's any extra good merit other than that of Jesus Christ. And that's enough for all of us. Solus Christus. And then finally, soli Deo Gloria, to the, to the glory of God alone. So God receives all, the, all of the glory. Those are, those are the five planks. Uh, today I want to talk about sola scriptura, the final source of authority. If you go to the next slide. Yeah, let, um, let me go quick. This is a holiday, right? Relax, okay? Just relax. I've got to remind myself. Uh, it's not an accident that the Reformation happens in 1517 because in 1516, uh, Erasmus publishes the first Greek New Testament. Uh, before that, there had been loose manuscripts and uh, copied by hand. So there aren't many of them. And Erasmus comes out with a Greek New Testament and uh, it spreads around the world. Everyone's reading Greek, right? They haven't read Greek in a thousand years. But everyone now is reading the Greek New Testament done by Erasmus. And Erasmus had trouble collecting these. He, had, he used six manuscripts. And for the book of Revelation, he couldn't find a manuscript. Finally, he had to ask somebody to lend him one. So he had one manuscript for the book of Revelation. And out of those six manuscripts, he came up with a Greek New Testament. And uh, it's very similar to the New Testament Greek behind the King James Bible. Uh, today, we use 5,800 Greek manuscripts to, uh, to, verify, to verify what our scriptures are. Luther was reading this as soon as it came off the press. Luther's reading it. It's changing the way he thinks as he reads the Bible in its original language. If you go to the next slide. So on October 31st, 1517, 95 theses go on to the door of Wittenberg Chapel and printers reproduce it like crazy. Uh, Roman Catholics came to say we, that they, they secretly believed that every printer was a Lutheran because they were printing so much of Luther's things. And of course, there was no royalties, 
So as soon as a printer in one town got Luther's works, he would take them and copy them for himself and run off all kinds of Luther's works. And as soon as they printed anything by Luther, it would sell. So printers were printing Luther's stuff as fast as they could. Go to the next slide. These are five different times and five debates Luther was in over the time. Here's, I just want to show you how his thinking evolves. If you go to the next slide. So first of all, first of all, Priarius. Priarius is the Pope's theologian. Uh, the Pope at first, when he hears about this controversy over the indulgences and these 95 theses, the Pope thinks this is just a bunch of drunken Germans and in the morning when they sober up, this will be over. They didn't sober up. <laughs> I guess that's not the way to say it. <laughs> the problem was not the drunkenness. Maybe that's the way to say it. It wouldn't go away. And so he has his theologian respond, and, and his name is Priarius. And Priarius has four things that he writes down, and here's the four things. Number one, the Pope is the church. The Pope is the church. I disagree with that. I hope you do too. <laughs> so, but that, that's his first point. The Pope is the church. Number two, the church cannot err in doctrine or practice. The church cannot err in doctrine or practice. Can you imagine? The church can say whatever it wants. It can't be wrong. And the church can do whatever it wants and it can't be wrong. Church cannot err in doctrine or practice. Point three, he who does not accept church and the Pope as an infallible rule of faith is a heretic. So not only, not only cannot the church be wrong, but you have to accept that the church can't be wrong or you are a heretic. And he who thinks incorrectly about the doctrines and deeds of the church is a heretic. So in other words, if you think what the church is doing with indulgences is wrong, you're a heretic. Priarius sends this to Luther. It's written in Latin. Luther takes it, translates it into German. Priarius boasted that it only took him three days to come up with his response to Luther. So Luther comes up with his response in two days. <laughs> Writes a response to Priarius, puts it in Latin, translates it into German, and they publish the Priarius and Luther's responses together. People read it and they cannot believe how bad the Pope's theology is. And they can't believe how incompetent the Pope's theologian is. Because people are reading it for themselves, and they're reading Luther quoting the Bible. And they're going, it doesn't make sense. Let's go to the next slide. So they send a cardinal to get Luther to recant. Everything that you have written is wrong. And if you don't recant, we will excommunicate you, and we will arrest you and kill you. That's the threat. And in, in his discussion with Cajetan, he feels that Cajetan wins the debate because of um, prior rulings by popes. 
Luther had trained as a lawyer. This made sense to him. And Cajetan said to him, well, wait just a second. This is not a 1517 problem. In 1300, Pope Boniface VII said indulgences were correct theology, and the church could issue indulgences. And then in 1343, Clement VI, he authorized the treasury of merit. He actually came out with an official papal papal bull and said, there is a treasury of merit. We have extra good deeds that we can give to people. And Luther felt he lost the debate. He felt he had lost because all he has is the Bible. As a result of this, he began to think, wait just a second, maybe popes are wrong. Maybe popes are wrong. And the Bible is correct. Let's go to the next slide. He had a debate with a man by the name of Dr. Eck, who Luther, Luther called him Drek, which means, um, I can't even tell you what it means. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> um, you know what animals do on the farm, and you call it a bad word, excrement. That's what Drek means. Um, other people called him Feck, and other people called him Gek. Uh, anyways, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Eck, he came to Luther and he said, Luther, okay, maybe a pope could be wrong, but there's a council, a church council, attended by thousands of church leaders. By the way, the Council of Constance was well attended. Thousands of church leaders. I think 10,000 people attended the council. It's huge council. We have a church council that said Huss was wrong. And you are teaching what Huss taught. Luther says, what do you mean I'm teaching what Huss taught? He had never read anything by Huss. They'd all been burned. Someone gave him a copy of Huss. And he realized, I agree exactly with Huss. Everything that he said. Um, Luther felt he lost this debate too because now he's got counsels against him. So now he comes up with the idea, you know something? Maybe counsels can be wrong and I can only trust my Bible. If you go to the next slide. A new emperor, the, the Pope excommunicates him in 1520. And the emperor wants to execute him. But his leader, Frederick, says you cannot execute him until he's had a trial, until he's had a chance to recant. The emperor wants to kill him even if he recants. He's already done the damage. should just kill him. So finally they decide to have a trial. It's called the Diet of Worms. By the way, I recommend that as a good weight loss diet. The Diet of Worms, or the Diet of Worms. And Luther goes there, and he shows up. Um, he is given safe passage, guaranteed by the emperor. He shows up at the, at the council, and they only ask him one thing. Are these your writings? They have a stack of writings. Are these your writings? And will you recant? Just say one word, revoco. I recant. 
Luther said, I don't know. Let me think about it. He was scared. Thought about it that night. The next day, they brought him in again. He wanted to have a discussion. He wanted to, he wanted to have a discussion. Here's what the Bible says. Let's have a discussion about these things. They brought him up again. Will you recant? And here's his statement. Unless I am convicted by Scripture and plain reason. In other words, I have to be able to see it in the Bible, and I have to be able with my mind to understand that's what it says. Right? The two things go together. Somebody can tell you, here's what Scripture means. If you can't see it there, you should tell them, hey, I'm not going to buy that. Unless I'm convicted by Scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot, I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Amen. Council's over. The emperor wants to condemn him on the spot and execute him, even though he's given him safe passage. Frederick the Wise, his Luther's ruler, says, no, we need to discuss it. Meanwhile, Luther leaves. Luther goes home to Wittenberg, and on the way to Wittenberg, a number of bandits come and kidnap him. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> It's actually his ruler, Frederick the Wise, kidnapping him. <laughs> and Frederick kidnaps Luther and takes him to a castle, Wartburg. And there he keeps Luther for a year. And Luther is there for a year, and while he's there for a year, he takes his Greek New Testament and he translates his Bible, New Testament, into German. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest books ever in the history of the world is Luther putting the Bible into German. It's what creates Germany. That creates the German language. Before that, German, Germany had been divided in a number of provinces, number of dialects, hard to understand someone from the north and someone from the south, someone to the west out where the, where the Dutch were. It's hard to, hard to understand you know, all these different kind of dialects of a similar language. And Luther made it one language. After that, everyone used this as, as German. And uh, if you, go to, you can go to that castle, and supposedly Luther says, that's where I did battle with the devil, and I did battle with ink. And if, when you go to the castle, you can actually see a little smudge of ink on the wall. And uh, one preacher I listened to says he thinks the tour guide rubbed the ink on the wall. <laughs> Just so he could say that's where he threw the ink against the wall. Well, maybe he wasn't battling the devil by throwing ink. He was battling the devil by writing down the New Testament in the language of people so they could read it for themselves. Because the Word of God is our final basis of authority. Now, if you go to the next slide. I've got two scripture passages that I want to point out. 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17 says, All scripture or every scripture 
is God breathed. God breathed. (sighs) You're not supposed to breathe into a microphone. I'll do it once. God breathed. It actually comes out of God's mouth. It's, It's a product of God. It's God breathed. And it's useful for four things, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Here's the key. So that the purpose, the servant of God or the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you want to serve God and do good things for Him, all you need to have is your Bible. This will help you do every good work. You don't need anything else. Now, Roman Catholics come to this passage and they go, wait just a second. There are all kinds of things that we need other than the Bible. For instance, we need other Christians. Is that true? Hmm. It's true. Yep, right? You can find that in the Bible. God doesn't make us solitary Christians. He gives us other Christians to encourage us and strengthen us. He gives us, puts other Christians in our lives so we can serve and help them and love them. Right? We need, we need other Christians. We need the church. We need the church of Jesus Christ. There are things that we need. But notice it's the Word of God that is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Nothing else stands up like that. Let me show you another passage. Go to the next slide. This is the Apostle Paul, Galatians chapter 1. Let me turn there because I want to read a couple verses before what I have on the screen. Remind you, Galatians is the first, is, it's the first book Paul writes, and it's the first book we have from the New Testament, first book written in the New Testament. It's written about 50 A.D., so 17 to 20 years after the death of Jesus, Paul writes Galatians. Every New Testament scholar believes Paul writes Galatians, And every non-believing historical scholar believes Paul writes Galatians. Everyone thinks, yeah, Paul writes Galatians. Those who believe, those who don't believe, say there's no doubt about it, Paul writes Galatians. Everyone agrees. That's that's unusual (laughs) for for non-believers and believers alike to agree on something about the Bible. Everybody, Everybody agrees. This is Paul writing this. Here's what he writes. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and you are turning to a different gospel. And now it's on your screen. Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are trying to throw you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, 
let him be eternally condemned or let him be accursed. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned or let them be under God's curse. Now notice what Paul says in verse 8. And Luther quotes this verse. This is one of the verses he uses to show that I should not accept what the Pope or councils are saying. Verse 8. If I, even if we, or an angel from heaven, even if we, Paul, or an apostle, if an, if, Paul says, even if I show up and I preach something different, don't buy it. If Peter shows up and he preaches something different, don't buy it. If an angel from heaven shows up and preaches something different, do not accept it. Do you see that? And Luther goes, even if a pope or a council should preach a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, let them be eternally accursed. And he quotes this to show, you know something? The gospel's determined. There's not something new to come out. Well, what does this mean for you or I? I suspect that uh, you have imbibed the spirit of the age. And the spirit of the age is that the final authority is me. I'm the final authority. I decide. That's not what we believe. We believe that this is the final authority. Now, I come into it where I have to see it based on reason, and if in my conscience I have to say, I believe that's what it's saying, in all good conscience, I will cling to that. That's my rule. But I'm not the final authority. The Word of God is. The Word of God is the final authority in our church. That's what it says in our Constitution. That's what we believe. And uh, thank God that he has given, he has breathed out his word so that we could be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He wants us to do good works. And he's given us the tool and the means to change our lives so that we are ready for them. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.